from the Holonet, you're listening to the Tashi Station Book Club, the bright center in the universe for science fiction and fantasy literature discussion. I'm your host, Nancy, and joining me this month is Bria to discuss Star Pilot's Grave by Deborah Doyle and James McDonald. Welcome back to the podcast, Bria. Thanks. I kind of jumped on this very, yes. very quickly when you mentioned the books. <laughs> because of one specific reason, which we will very. talk about at the end of the podcast. <laughs> very, very specific reason. Yes. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, this month, we are discussing the second book in the Mage Worlds trilogy. We discussed The Price of the Stars last month. So if you haven't read that or haven't listened to the episode, you probably want to go do that before you uh, listen to this episode. Um, for those of you who need a, a jogging of the mind, uh, when we last left this uh, universe... The um, main crew, uh, Becca's crew, had gone to Darville to um, find and kill uh, Nivom of Rolni, uh, who was involved in Becca's mother's death. So now uh, the second book, the crew kind of all goes their separate ways again, and all hell breaks loose, as is wont to do in a second book of the trilogy. <laughs> Shocker. Yes. So before we go any further, here is the plot description. It is very uh, short because there's a lot of plot and there's really not a lot uh, you can say without... You, you can't really get it all into one paragraph. So <laughs> here it is. A broken and drifting ship, its long dead captain still strapped in the command seat. That's what free spacers call a star pilot's grave. When one of these derelict craft appears in the net, the artificial barrier zone separating the Republic from the Mage Worlds, the discovery is no accident. It's a sign, a warning that the Mage Worlds have not forgotten the Republic, and the Mage Lords make long plans. So, right off the bat, Star Pilot's Grave has a much bigger scope than Price of the Stars. And while I really enjoyed Price of the Stars, um, I mostly kind of fell in love with the characters. Uh, and the plot was a lot of pretty much secondary for me. It was, it was the characters and the world itself. Uh, Star Pilot's Grave, I both still love the characters and the world. But here the plot really kicks into gear. And as I said before, all hell breaks loose. And I was wondering if you had the same feelings as you were reading, Bria. Yeah, I mean, even though I'm supposed to be on my Hamel cleanse right now, every time, <laughs> like, the entire time I was reading this, I kept thinking of the the song lyrics in there that go, like, so the American experiment begins and my friends all scattered to the winds because they're all literally scattered to the winds. And I'm yeah. like, where? Because that was the one thing I did kind of miss having everyone back together again. Because mm-hmm. um, I was kind of like, oh, but I love it when, is it Airy? Ari? I say Ari, but... Okay, we'll go with Ari. <laughs> Ari and Lanat? La- I- yeah, there's there no right or wrong way to pronounce her name, so... I'm, I, the names. Yeah. I miss having them together and their dynamics and everything. Yeah. But I did, like you said, the plot was way more, way more engaging, because not only were the core group separated, but we mm-hmm. then we also got, like, uh, Matadi and everyone else, and then we got more of the Mage World side... 
So basically, I agree with you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's just it's so good. The, f- the first one, you're really just dipping your toe into the world and the big the big conspiracy at large. And the second book, you get like thrown headfirst into the pool of, oh, my God, all this hell is breaking loose. And the, the, the best part is, is the third book. It's even worse. And you don't even know. <laughs> so, um. Whereas the first book was a very personal story for Becca tracking down her mother's killer, the second book also expands on that plot, but goes into the attack of the mage worlds on the Republic. Um, I They mentioned the nets in the plot description, and I really love that idea of this artificial barrier that's separating the two of them. And um, we talked a little bit about this on last month's podcast with Dunk, how um, the sort of cosmology and history of the universe and how there was supposed to be this great uh, sundering of the universe that separated the two, uh, the Republic from the Mage World's planets. And it's it's just such a cool idea. Yeah. Um. (laughs) I can't really disagree with that. Sorry. Um. So um, we get our first look at the Mage Worlds in this uh, this book, and um, we get a lot more of them later on. If you ever, if you go ahead and read the Professor books, because those are pretty much set in the Mage Worlds. But um, so we should probably go into the plot a little bit before we talk about the characters, because it is such a plot-heavy book that um, there's so many things going on. Yeah, I know when I was reading it, because I there was a couple of days where I had to put it down for a little bit. And when I picked it back up, I completely forgotten that some characters were going under assumed names. Yes. And so I was like, oh, that's, oh. <laughs> so uh, the main plot is Becca going into the mage world with Jessen. Um, she is looking for a Benra de Care who is the person that um, was involved with uh, her mother, Parada Rosalind's death. Um, he was the one that they captured um, in Price of the Stars. And then when they returned to their asteroid base, he was, uh, he, he was gone. Uh, Mage World, Mage Lords helped him get out. So Becca wants to go into the Mage World and find out what exactly he's doing. So uh, her and Jessen are uh, doing their thing. They are uh, she's traveling as Tarnkit Portree again, and uh, he is uh, he's out officially out of the military, but unofficially he's in intelligence, which I like. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I can't imagine why. (laughs) It's just a cool idea. (laughs) It's very wintry. You know. Yes. I like that he was going by Doc. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Which that just made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so um and and also uh, it it kind of works for him because they uh, he, I think he's still like a lot of people think he's still vanished uh because he went missing from uh Plaver and like just never came back. So a lot of people think he's still missing. Um so 
Yeah, so they are in the mage worlds, basically trying to pick up cargo and trying to find anything about to care. Um, and they end up finding um, Ignaso Lesois, who you, you can't say his name without a French accent. <laughs> Names, I swear. Yes. Um, who is one of Becca's old crew members. And he was uh, he showed up in the first book. Um, during one scene where Rebecca or Becca um, like shot him or there was there was there was a fight in a casino and he was there. Uh, Becca <laughs> shoots a lot of people. She does. It's her thing. <laughs> so um, and when I say they find him more like he is hired to kill Tarn Kep Portray and she turns it around on him and recognizes him so doesn't shoot him right away um and finds out what Takara is up to and they uh basically i not hire Lesoi but they get him to start to work for them and bring them to Takara and once again Becca f- fakes her death by going into a stasis box which is really creepy <laughs> yeah i Becca thinks I love her, but I'm also like, you have some murder problems going on in your head, girl. <laughs> she does. So she gets brought into Decare's office and the the her POV in the scene is so great because she uh so Jessen and Lassois were supposed to come and like come in the office and they get locked out. And so she's like, damn it, where are you guys? Oh, well, I guess I have to do this by myself. And so she comes out of the stasis box with her knife flying. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, step, step, step. yeah, nicks him in the artery. So he bleeds out pretty fast. And she's basically like, OK, Jessen, uh, you have this many minutes to get uh, information. Or he's, he's like, you have this many minutes to get this information from him, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> And then they're like, well, why didn't you let us in? She's like, why didn't you knock? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I was... Lissois is not my favorite character, but when I was reading this time around, I really liked their, like, three-way banter. And, yeah. Like, how Lissois and Jessen, like, hate each other. <laughs> Did it seem... I can't... I don't know if it's because of stuff I was reading in the third one or not, but does it, it's supposed to come off that, like, Lissois has a little bit of a thing for Becca or no? Um, I never... I don't remember that, but I haven't started reading the third book yet. Oh, I'm, so. like, 30 pages in, and he's, like, complaining. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler. He's, basically like, complaining because Justin gets everything else, and I'm, like, <laughs> chill, boy. Well, chill. Justin is awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um... So Becca and them, so they are like, they've f- killed the care and then they are going to head back to the Republic. Um, pausing on that plot line for now. <laughs> so Ari, on the other hand, is being sent to the Infabeed sector. Um, he's reassigned there. And let's just talk for a minute about how dumb Ari Russell and Matadi is. <laughs> He is such an idiot. He is such an idiot. I'm trying to think of what Star Wars character I can compare him to, but the only comparison is uh, a real person. (laughs) (laughs) And who would that be, Bria? Oh, I don't know. Maybe your husband. (laughs) Yes. I say this with all the love for Brian. I do. Uh, A little bit clueless in matters of love. (laughs) Yes. 
Indeed. And Sorry, I'll, Brian. Like, oh, you're not an adept. She's too good for me. I should just move on. Meanwhile, and I was like, hi. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, that idiot. Yes. I want to I want to do the whole now kiss thing with them. Yes. They need it. They do. They really do. Like, you're about to go into, like, military, not, like, actual military exile, but, like, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Go off way. You you messed up. We're going to be mad at you. And you don't at least be like, hi, friend. Yeah. Yeah. He writes, what? He writes handwritten notes. I know. How cute is that? (laughs) This hulking giant just writes these adorable handwritten notes. I know. Oh, so adorable. So uh, he gets sent to the Infobeed sector where um, Admiral Valent is in charge. And um, they he gets caught up in Valent's mutiny. Um, and there's a lot of back and forth about him, um, you know, being taken by like almost being kidnapped by part of the crew. And then like he gets out and ends up like flying to like the closest planet he can and no one's there and he's like what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah and poor ari uh just having a very bad day yeah <laughs> um and you know admiral valance whole mutiny thing seems like a sort of you know uh, it, it's a, it's a problem but it seems like it's a, it's a it's an it's its own problem it's you know off over here but then later on you realize oh no this is part of the bigger problem with the mage yeah although i still think balance total dick oh he Wait, is am i am i allowed to say that yes that's okay, fine good. i couldn't remember <laughs> so uh also in the uh start uh space force uh joss matati uh Becca and Ari's dad is uh, decides to take a walkabout, <laughs> just get up and leave, which apparently is something he does often. <laughs> yeah, I like that he was just like, what can we go and like surprise, do a surprise inspection? Yeah. Just find me something. I just want to screw with people. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and like he's like he leaves Eric a message like, um, I'm going away. <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> um, and um, Kitch, uh, Katea, or Quich, yeah, I guess I say it, that's how you say it. Katea. Yeah, see, I, I make my own pronunciations. <laughs> she, uh, she is his aide, and um, she uh, goes along with him. They, she gets them uh, new IDs and uh, jobs for them to do, and they, they go out on their own, their little walkabout together. After they leave, um, her body is found in the trash, basically. Um, and you're like, I remember when I read this and I was like, holy crap, wait, she's dead? And then you get to the next the next scene where they are, you know, to get together. And I'm like, but wait, 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 what? what? <laughs> here's what I OK, here's what I still don't get about the whole replicants because they put they put their minds in the other bodies right i believe so so is matati just an idiot well 
the that whole um that whole plot line doesn't get resolved until the third book. Um and I don't I don't remember how it gets resolved. Me neither. But that's that's I'm just like so, well, first of all, I can't I can't believe that like he is the grand general or whatever his title is yeah. of the Space Forces. And people don't recognize his face. <laughs> Well, I do because this this universe is so anachronistic. They still print out their mail, so <laughs> Okay, but still, like I feel like given that he was married to the Domina of Entebor, he would be pretty famous. I guess. You know, and I'm just like, they don't recognize his face. Like I feel like you know. <laughs> and then it was just there were some things that I was just I was wondering about, like how the brain transfer works yeah. so to speak because it seemed like she was recognizing people right um she's like oh suddenly someone was about to shoot them she was like you know who i am yeah. what the hell are you doing and i was just kind of like but how i well the thing the mystery is uh so so the mage world has replicate technology it's it's one of the things they they, they excel in and if you ever go read the professor books they it, that that's a big part of them the the replicants and the cloning and all of that um the Repu i just can't remember how it works yeah the republic does not have it but um so they um were creating a replicant of his aid to you know put in the space force and be their agent but um they don't know if they succeeded or not. Um, so because they we we meet the mage world's admiral later. And oh, that's right. So yeah. we don't know. We don't actually know. Which yes. One of them is dead. Yes. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, that's all clicking. OK. Yeah. So we don't know if it's actually his aide or if it's the the agent. Um, so. Yeah, I believe that is resolved in the third book. And um, as you say, whether if if it is the the you know um, the agent that is with him is Joss an idiot. I I like I said I don't remember how it works out, yeah. so it's not a spoiler. But um, I I can imagine him suspecting something. And that prompting him to go on his little walkabout to get them out of the picture. Um, so uh, pulling a Thrawn, sort of. Yes. Long con. <laughs> Tying it all back together. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that plot line. I do really like Katea, uh, whether they are a replicant or not. Uh, she's yeah. very competent. And yes. I like that. She's a capable lady. She reminded me a lot of uh, Sloane's aide, uh, who ended up doing a very oh. bad, terrible thing. Yeah. What was no, her I'm name sad again? again? Dia. Dia. Uh, A-D-E-A. Yeah. Uh, I'm still mad about yeah. oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, next we get to uh, Yanat, Lanat, um, who is um, left behind... Uh, on Namorin, it's you know she's she's there and Ari's not there and it's so sad. Uh, then she gets called out to the net area, um, and she doesn't know why. Uh, um, but they need. She figures out that they need a. Uh, they 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 want an adept, 
Um, and she goes out and she's one of the crew that is exploring this star pilot's grave. Um, they want her there because she's an adept and she can kind of sense what the mage lords are doing. They have another person who's like an expert in mage world's history and um, other parts of the crew. So um, that part is so creepy every time I read it. Yeah. Um, so the ship is called the Knight's Beautiful Daughter. Um, I really like the way the mage worlds name their ships <laughs> um but um they uh so this ship is basically like hundreds of years old and there is a message there for lanat it says like find the domina and tell her what thou hast seen um but the um the the language is actually like written directly to her like it's adept yeah. from the forest world yeah it's that that's creepy it everything is. about that ship was creepy like you said mhm mm and um so i don't want to spoil it too much if people do go ahead and read the professor books but um that scene actually comes into play in those books um where you see that ship and how that scene actually played out um it's really it's really creepy <laughs> and uh it's i i that's one of the things i love about this universe so much is the weird um i don't want to say science because it's not science but like the the weird the way the the currents of power work mm. and like how they can go into the void and basically travel through time it's really it's really yeah. interesting and it's it's this is really what i wanted more of the from the jedi stuff and the force <laughs> stuff than the whole i use this force power to force push you and then i do this and like less video game more cerebral stuff <laughs> yeah like, we won't go down that path <laughs> yes like lanat actually like so when Ari leaves, she doesn't have time to go see him goodbye, say say goodbye to him. So she leaves her body to go, like, basically escort him off the planet. And so she's like, she's out of her body and they're watching as he leaves to, to say her goodbyes. And then once, you know, they leave, um, they start leaving the planet, she goes back to her body because she says, you know, that's when that's when things can get messy for adepts, you know, if they, they can get separated forever. Dun, 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 foreshadowing. Yes. <laughs> um, but that was so cool. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys just kiss. You're freaking leaving your body to say goodbye to him. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's Aries, so Ari, whatever. Yeah. Nope. Yes. Not gonna get it. Yeah. So then. speaking of adepts, um, we uh, get to know more, a lot more of Owen Russell Matadi in this book, the middle brother of Becca and uh, Ari, and he is a very, very interesting character. I, you know, we we were discussing last week on. Um, the, sh the show how uh it's very uh solo family-ish <laughs> yes and uh owen is very much what i wanted of Je of 
Jason. <laughs> um, and J.O. Jason, at least. Yeah. Um, so he is on Namoran, tracking down mage circles, and he's just such an interesting character because he's... Um, so I think in these books, he's probably like 27 by now. Um, but he's been an apprentice in the guild since he was 15. And he's uh, worked... He works directly with Eric Ransom... Um, who spoilers if you remember from last episode who he is <laughs> um so he is um he basically does whatever eric tells him to do um and he has not taken his vows because he he needs or, something related with the aura right he yes. was just like the apprentices can go places that adepts can't yeah because once you take the vows, your aura changes and you can be sensed better. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, makes sense. But it's also like... like Owen, I, buddy. I feel bad for him. It's like, it reminds me of Obi-Wan in The Phantom Menace. Oh, no. <laughs> like, everyone else is becoming a Jedi Knight. And he's just back there with his Padawan parade still. Aww. Uh, so yeah he is tracking down this mage circle he gets beat up and is found by um clea centrani who is a prostitute adorable yeah she's an adorable prostitute <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah she is a she's a poor woman from uh Namorin. she left her family's farm and um you know she uh you know she's she's not in this life you know really you know i mean she's there voluntarily but it's it's not she's not living her best life and um she stumbles upon him and saves him and she is having episodes where she can hear people's thoughts and it she just basically thinks she's going crazy um but she meets Owen, who tells her, "No, you're not going crazy. Um, this is this is what happens. You are, you are becoming uh, sensitive to the currents of power, and I can teach you how to help it." Can he show her the ways of the force? He can show her the ways of the force. <laughs> um, so basically, he takes Clea on as an apprentice, even though he's still an apprentice, which is kind of weird. But um, and helps train her. And they end up going, um, trying to leave Namorin, but are unable to because of the later attack, but of the the attack of the Mage Worlds. Uh, and then we get at the very end one of the most amazing scenes. Yes, it's... literally the only scene I remembered in the entire book. Apparently, oh wow. <laughs> well, uh, well, actually, well, yeah. Um, so Owen. As you know, as we discuss, the adepts can leave their bodies. So he, uh, his staff is back at the retreat on uh, Galson. So he tries to leave his body to to go. Get, what is he going from the for the staff, or is he going for to talk to Eric? Now I have to. I think it's uh, both because he wants to go. He's going for his staff and to get his adeptness, yeah. right? Because yeah. I kind of saw that as being like the Jedi trials. And yeah. he's like, yo, I want to not be an apprentice anymore. Yeah. Test me. Yes. And Eric's like, well done. You're done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Congrats. 
Yeah. So, and I actually really love this, um, how he's like, we need a, we need a place where we, we, I need a locked room. Um, and they can't go back to her, um, to his room or her room because the, the mage lords are there waiting for them. Um, and so she's like, okay, um, I know a place where we can, uh, get a locked door. And then she goes back to the place where she was, uh, you know, she was working. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, it, it's actually, I, I, I like it because it's pretty much her facing her past and like kind of rising above it. Yeah. Um, so, um, they, they go and he, um, he's like here and she's like you wanted a locked room <laughs> here you go soundproofed and everything yeah so they um he basically leaves his body goes to galson uh finds eric um and we didn't even talk about this because there's so many things going on but yeah. eric has been was captured by the mage lords um and he talks to Eric about how he need how he wants to become an adept and gain his staff. And he um Eric basically tells him that he is now the master of the guild because Eric is imprisoned. Um so once Surprise. Yeah, so once uh Owen gets his staff, he is now he goes from adept or, or apprentice to master of the guild. <laughs> we just note that it's a good thing Owen is Owen and not yeah. Anakin Skywalker. Right? <laughs> okay, I found it in the book. It's actually, he's, okay. he's saying, um, uh, he, um, he says what um nobody stays an apprentice forever he said and i have been an apprentice far too long it's time i became an adept can you she asked i mean is it allowed he nodded it is every student's right to petition his teacher for the rank of adept if the student thinks the rank has been unjustly withheld you can do that from here clea asked without going back to galson there is a way owen said it's never been used that i know of but there is a way oh so, good yeah so he goes out of his body, uh, petitions Eric. Eric is like, sure, dude, you're my contingency. <laughs> uh, so messed up. Yeah, it is. It's really messed up. And um, gets his staff from the retreat. Um, and yeah, it's it's crazy. And yeah. that that scene is just it's like ma makes me swoon every time. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> so the main the 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 main thrust of the book is the major worlds attacking uh the republic. So as Becca going back to Becca, as Becca is leaving the major worlds, uh she comes upon the net and finds that uh the mage the mage worlds are going or attacking the net and they're assumes she assumes they're going to attack galson so she uh is able to get in contact with gil who is the commodore of the the uh, the net zone fleet at this time and he he knows who she is of course 
because he was yeah. Joss's aide and knows that she's not dead. Um, was there and, for the whole Sapney? Yes. So uh, yeah, she blows her cover. Uh, says you know she's Becca Rosalind Matati in the Warhammer, and he's the only one who believes her. And I, I love I love that scene when they're in the war room and they're like wanting to shoot it down. He's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So um. So she flies to galson straight through and here in this universe hyperspace travel takes a lot longer than star wars so it takes them like two weeks of straight flying barely sleeping like four hour shifts her and jessen yeah to fly the ship um and they get to galson try to warn the fleet uh but it's i mean they do get a warning out but it's too late the mage the mage worlds are there they attack galson they are able they uh capture uh eric ransom like i said before and the um the head of the of prime base on galson um so uh, we also meet la- uh, much later in the book um, the the Mage World's admiral, who's also a Mage Lord, that uh, we can't pronounce his name. So I think. We do- Hold on, wait. I almost had it before we started this. <laughs> we spent like five minutes we before did. this podcast started <laughs> trying to figure out how to pronounce his name. Seuss A. Yerlin? Seuss A. Yeah we're faking it <laughs> yes we are faking it uh, apparently you pronounce the vowels that are together so uh as different syllables <laughs> yeah so because you can't pronounce two a's in a row as distinct no yeah, it doesn't work Susair a erlin whatever Susairlin, that's what i'm gonna pronounce him uh All right. he is the uh he's the um head of the major world's fleet and so he is like reporting back to the leaders of the mage worlds he uh the the hypercoms are down that's one of their strategies for attacking and why becca had to fly all the way to galson to warn them um the the mage lords are able to suppress the hypercoms which is really cool yeah (laughs) and again like some of that the that power that i really find interesting um but you know it it hurts him because he's not able to report back to them so um so we we kind of learn more about him and i you know he is he's one of the villains but i i i end up liking him a little bit like i just he's interesting and it yeah piques my interest for the whole culture um and it's like you think about it i mean yes they were you know they were the enemies in the war but they they're basically like sent back to pre-space flight times and they can't even get off world in their you know planets if they want to they have to hire ships from the republic to take them from planet to planet which is really i mean that'd be mad too yeah um so of note for him i didn't put this in the show notes but as i was trying to find the stuff with owen i remembered he ends up um going as he's walking through you know the the 
is walking out of his body he gets to his family's house in galson and sees his mother standing on the terrace and he 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 realizes this is the past i should go uh, I shouldn't stay here in a time where I don't belong, which I thought was interesting because like the whole like traveling through time thing is is a thing that gets ha- that happens later on. So, yeah, it's nice to know that th- there is some sort of limitations to that. But um, he um, he ends up staying there and seeing, you know, a man step out um, what a, what had been empty air only a moment ago <laughs> And uh, it's a a stranger uh, with loosely curling black hair. And he says, uh, says, you know, my lady is good of you to meet with me. The Domina smiled. I gave up hoping for goodness long ago. I thought that justice would serve me well enough instead. But since it hasn't, my Lord Sus Erelan, let us talk. Dun, dun, dun. Ah! Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that I remember when I read that part, and I was like, "What? <laughs> what is happening <laughs> in a series?" Some crazy stuff, basically. Yeah. So, um, we mentioned before Admiral Valance mutiny thing that is was also involving the Mage Worlds, um, where he was selling them and you know providing them with technology and stuff. Um, so. Yeah, it's Traitor. it's such a conspiracy, and it's so good. Um, so that's basically the very complicated plot of this book. <laughs> you left something important out, Nancy. That is, I did. I did. How, it's, it's the, the reason best. you wanted to come on the show. I'll let you talk it's about the it. actual best scene in the book. Yeah. So they um. So after all this is happening, um. Hold on, I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the the end where um so the end is uh the end is uh Owen coming back and you know, getting his staff and he's now the le- leader of the guild. Um yes. then we get to ep- the epilogue which is in Galson near space which is with uh <laughs> here's his full name. Grand Admiral Theo Sin Rikt, Rikti Sus Aralin. <laughs> That's just okay. There, there are three vowels in a row in his first name. This is just not. This is not okay, right? It is not okay. So he is um, on his ship, dictating to the leaders of the Resurgency on Arasi. Arasi is the the name of the Matrolds' home planet. Um. And as he is dictating his report of what has happened, um, there is a communication. The, the hyperspace communications have come back up, and there is a uh, message that um, he listens to and watches and watches. And it is Becca. Um, Telling and Tabor. Yes, she she gives a speech. Do you want to? I'll, I'll give this. Do you want to give a speech or? I don't care. All right. Either or. I will try to be Becca. Oh boy. <laughs> 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 oh, 
also it's really interesting because like so the message comes up and it's um they he sees the it's a commercial trademark belonging to general delivery and communications technologies on sweevy point which i just <laughs> i find this so awesome um yes. and there's also the doll and doll mercantile bankers are involved which they are they are also involved in this big conspiracy um so it says, Seuss Erlen recognized the face. In his youth, he had seen a copy of the message Parada Rosalind of Entebor had sent to the lords of Arasi, telling them that she would see her homeworld dead rather than give up the fight. And in the fullness of years, he had met and spoken with the Domina herself. Parada was gone. To the sorrow of the galaxy, thought Seuss Erlen. Had she lived, things would have been different. But the young woman in the pale green gown had the same fair, arrogant face and the same startlingly brilliant, bright blue eyes. Her yellow hair was braided in the same complex pattern, and she wore on her head the black tiara of twisted metal that was the Iron Crown of Entebor. Uh. Oh no! Shit's <laughs> about to get real! <laughs> so, she gives a message... People of the Republic, a mage world's war fleet has attacked Galson. Singly, we cannot stand against them. We must work together if we are to survive. If you have a ship that can fight, or a ship that can be made to fight, or the knowledge and skills to work such a ship, come to Sweevy Point, where I will build a fleet such as can capture the galaxy. To this goal, I pledge my resources. To this goal, I pledge my name and sign myself. Becca Rosalyn Matati, Domina of Lost Entebor, of Entebor in Exile, and of the Colonies Beyond. Mic drop. <laughs> that is the definition of a mic drop there. Yes, basically. <laughs> Everyone else, go home. Becca won. She did. So, um, yeah, I remember reading this part and flailing out of my mind. <laughs> Same. I was just like, okay, I know you guys, how you sold the books to me was, you know, it's Star Wars. And like, it's like the solo kids. Mm -hmm. And that right there was the strongest Jaina callback yeah. I've seen in my life because she could basically, even though she hated it, like she didn't want to, or neither one of them ever wanted to do the dress nice, be the good little dignitary girl. They know how to do it. Yeah. And they're like, oh. This right. is the game we're playing. Let me braid my hair and put on the crown and you're going down. Right. And I I think it's really um it just shows Becca's characterization and her character development so well. Um she she does not want to do this at all. She she never wanted to be the domina. She Ooh. left home at 17 so she wouldn't have to you know live the life she saw her mother forced to live um and i mean she she's doing her own thing she goes on this mission for her father um but she's you know captaining her own ship and once she realizes that the mage worlds are attacking galson she is like i have to do whatever it takes to warn them you know mm -hmm. pushes her ship and her body to basically help save the galaxy and once that's all over she realizes what she has to do and she does not want to do it but she goes ahead and does it and i i've i've heard some people say they didn't like it because it's basically becca um 
surrendering to a destiny she doesn't want or whatever but i'm like listen the galaxy is about to go to pots the republic is going to be conquered girls you do what you gotta do she needs to do yeah exactly (laughs) i just want to know where the crown came from i think it was on sweepy point was it okay i think so i was just like that's convenient yeah because that's why she's there because all of like i think all of their assets were uptight i mean not i don't think they really had much more because she her mother basically spent everything fighting uh the major yeah um yeah but i i I, I think the crown was there so yeah um she decides she's gonna go ahead and do it and um we'll see how the third book came out and how uh whether she continues on with that role or she gives it up when it's all over we'll find out I don't even remember. Um, but I just <laughs> loved it. Like, honestly, well, because I read these books during one of my uh, amnesty weeks during the Walrus we Express. Ah. So my brain is just mush from yes. that point. But, yes. oh, man, I love it. Like, I'm such a sucker for, like, the... That's why I love Jaina and Tenel Ka so yeah. much. Is they're both the, let me just fight things. I don't want to be queen. Yeah. But they're like, if I absolutely have to for the good of the people, I will go be queen. Right yeah i agree it's very cool yeah so um let's talk about what i still kind of want to do that costume but i can't a blonde break can't do it so let's talk about the characters because we meet a lot of new ones in this this uh, installment uh we talked a little bit about owen beforehand um and his whole um his whole journey to gain his staff um and i owen is just so fascinating to me (laughs) um and also especially when you know his backstory so um if you don't want to know any spoilers, <laughs> I'm going to tell people to turn it off. This is not something you actually learn in the books. You never learn this in this trilogy. So it's not going to spoil anything from this trilogy. If you go back and read the first book, it it might, you know, it, it it's, a li- it's a spoiler. But it's one of those things where if you know it, it will make it kind of more interesting as you're reading to go, oh my God, what's going to happen? So um, in the last episode, we talked a little bit about um, the the whole end of war society and how messed up it is. <laughs> yeah. And how you have a father, but also a gene sire who may or may not be the same person. And yeah. Owen is uh, his father is Jospitati. His gene sire is not. His gene sire is Eric Ransom. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes their whole relationship so much weirder. <laughs> yeah. Do we... I can't remember. Does Owen know that? No, none of them know it. None of them know okay. any of this. It's actually... Right. That's actually... Um, I, we were, I was talking to you before we started recording about the, 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 the FAQ 
where I got the thing oh, about the pronunciation. Yeah. That is one of the things that they they address in the FAQ and um, who is each of the kids' gene sire and do do they know any of this? And they do not. Um, there there is a moment in the third book where um, that that I'll mention when we get to that where a a character does know this and threatens to spill the beans but it never gets out so yes hmm. so Nivom, uh is Ari's gene sire and he was killed in the last book by Becca uh, and Eric is Owens and um, it's really creepy because Nivom was trying to pressure Parada into another engagement uh and parada was like uh no you nope. produce boys and i need a girl and also i hate you <laughs> <laughs> and um per- joss was not around uh because they were not getting along very well at this time and um Owen or eric was there and she was like hey want to help me out <laughs> uh and especially when you when you know uh becca's uh, she mentions this in the first book about how the stories go that when Par- the Domina Parada went to Waycross to find a, um, to get a, a general for her fleet, she uh, won the hearts of the general and his co-pilot, uh, the captain and co-pilot of Warhammer both. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I may have pulled up the FAQ while we're talking and ah! I'm just... I'm just staring at it being like, I forgot how weird this is. Right? <laughs> like, so, and and they all know this. I mean, Eric and Parada and Joss, Joss knows, and, you know, they're still best friends. <laughs> weird. And um, so they, you know, er- Owen goes off at 15 to be an adept, and because, of course, he develops his power because he's Eric's yeah. son. Um, and... He uh, is basically stays his apprentice for like twelve years, doing whatever Eric tells him to do. And oh, yeah, we thought the Jedi Council was weird. Right? It's so weird. So yeah, Eric is one of those characters where it's just like, I want to like you, but mm. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm all, I got distracted by the rest of the, <laughs> of the FAQs. Oh no! <laughs> so I'm good, I'm yeah. good. I'll scroll back up. So I was really glad we got to see more of Owen in this book, and because in the first book, like he he comes across as kind of like you know very aloof and standoffish, uh, but you get to know more of him in this book, and you know he says to Clea that. You know, no, you're not crazy and you'll learn how to deal with it. And it makes me think, like, it's got to be really hard, especially if you're a kid like Owen suddenly developing these powers. And you're like, I mean, for him, I mean, thankfully, he had someone very close to the family that could, like, help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. very close (laughs) to the family that could help. But it's got to be like, what the hell's wrong with me? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean... Now that I, I do like that they have this though. Not that the do the Gene Sire thing isn't creepy. Sorry, I'm still stuck on this. Yeah, but it does make more sense as to why one of the kids has powers and the other two don't. Yeah, 
that makes yeah but oh. now okay but now it's super weird because they keep going on about how like <laughs> Aaron, well no in the first book they keep going on about like how there was some like maternal giant or, or no some some grandparent on the paternal side yeah and that's why Aries a giant yes i just want to be like that's a really weird thing to put in the text <laughs> because and that's not yeah, because it's not true. <laughs> but they had to like figure out some way to so the kids aren't like, where the hell did he come from? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Okay. Also, if I am recalling correctly, because it's been a long time since I've read the other books. Um, funnily enough, I believe that. Uh, uh, Jens, who is Becca and, right. and Justin's son, spoilers mm. later on, uh, is has some of the power as well, which is weird when you're huh. thinking, how did that? How did that happen? But it. Well, I guess it's if it's like the force, it just sort of it just manifests. Like, because yeah. Clea is just she's like, and I believe she's she's an adult. Like, I think yeah. she's like, I don't. I think she might be like a late teen, but she's definitely 16, adult. 18. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Clea, I really liked. Um, I I liked her because she could have been such a tropey character, you know, the 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 hooker with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a trope you see so many times of you know women in sci-fi that are the the prostitutes. But I I really liked the way it was handled and how you know seeing her develop and you know realize she has this power and she doesn't have to run from it anymore and it can help you know change her life and i thought that was i i like her a lot yeah i mean obviously i didn't make this connection the first time but i mean it has nothing to do with their backgrounds necessarily but she does kind of make me think of ray a little bit hmm yeah yeah. Like not like it's not a precise matchup, obviously, but I'm just kind of like you know someone who's been on their own. Yeah, you know, no, that's can a good, handle myself. Yeah, that's a good. I, that's a good um comparison. Um, Lassois, we talked about he is a jerk. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. Basically. Um, however, I will say uh, there is more to Lassois than meets the eye. Um, and. If you, Still a jerk. If you well, oh yeah, yes, he is <laughs> exactly. There's a part when I cursed him in the next book, so um, uh, we get to see more of General Joss Matati, who I love so much. I just he's just great, and there's not really much more you can say about him. <laughs> he's nope. a very stereotypical uh, sci-fi general dude. Um, he used to be, you know. On the other side of the wall. Yes. Very much like <coughs> Han Solo. <laughs> what a connection. What right? a man. Right? Solo, what a man. Especially because he's got a best friend who's like got this weird power. Uh, that, you know, that doesn't sound like anyone we know. <laughs> and another best friend who's uh, some weird space alien with yes. ritualistic hunting things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ransom. You talked about him. He's also a jerk. <laughs> I want to like him, but I don't. <laughs> no, and okay, was it just me or do you just keep thinking of another Star Wars character because of his name the entire time? 
Oh, I kept thinking, yes. I kept thinking of Ransom Casterbone. Oh. I'm like, no, I like Casterbone way more. This name yeah. is just simpler. Make it stop. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that now. She mentioned it. Boo. Uh, we get to see some more of the Space Force. Um, we, we, we spend a lot of time with them in this book. Um, and so we kind of see the inner workings of how this the Space Force. And we meet some new characters, uh, some new secondary characters. Uh, General Ashime, who is the leader of Prime Base on Galson. And Batati's aide, Katea, who we uh, discussed earlier, yes. with the, who may or may not be a replicant. We don't know. And um, we, get, we, we meet a lot more... Um, a, a lot more of, of this space force um people but it, it is it's very much a space opera book in the fact that there are some characters we only get like a scene or two from their pov and it's only because we need them at that particular moment yeah it's very much a, a space opera thing and of course, we have uh, returning characters from the last book, Gil, who has been promoted from aide to General Matadi to uh, Commodore of the Net Fleet. And I love him uh, again. Me too. He's so great. I love him a lot. Like, he's so exasperated by everything. But in this book, he really shows that he knows what the hell he's doing. And um, he just wants to do his job. He, just, he, did, he did not sign up for any of this. He did not. Come on, guys. Um, Lanat uh, is uh, learning more about her powers uh, in ways she does not necessarily want to. Um, and I have to say, I wish, I wish we had gotten more of her and the professor. Yeah, in the first book, and well, I mean, I sort of in this book, but yeah, yeah. I there's actually a part in um where she has this sort of vision. Right, I think I wrote in there. Is that the professor? In like yeah. in a note, and then so when I was reading it again, I saw I had a note there, and I tapped on it, and I was like, "Is that the professor?" And then later on, I had another note that said, "Ha ha, I was right." <laughs> I like Good when job. I when I read books like five years later, and I come upon my notes. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, yeah, I agree. That's it's such an interesting relationship, and I really love Lynette because she's she's an adept. Um, she has is able to sense the currents of power, and eventually realizes that she, you know, sees it and experiences it differently than the other adepts. Um, yeah. And what does this mean for her? Because the mage mages are supposed to be the bad guys you know um ari is just ari you spent ari. too much time with the selvars you're not in touch with your emotions god <laughs> just tell lanat you love her yeah although oh wait going back to lanat real quick i mm -hmm. love the scene that she had with owen oh yes when Where she finds him and owen's like go away yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, also, I will say that after this trilogy, um, if you go and read the Professor books, you like I said that that scene in the Knight's Beautiful Daughter, 
it might be in there and there might be appearances by Lanot because time has time. no meaning when you're a mage or an adept. <laughs> Stupid time travel. It's so weird. It's better than flow walking, though. True. This made me think I, I was literally just having a conversation with my coworkers yesterday about like time travel. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, but you need to consider what the rules are. And yeah, these rules are just I, I don't even get them. Right. Um, Jessen continues to be the best. <laughs> I also, love I'm, I'm pretty sure you covered this in the first, the previous episode, but bye as hell, right? Oh God, yes. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> just checking. Just checking. I, I want to make sure we covered. I don't know if we, I don't know if I, if we talked about it, but yeah, definitely bisexual as hell. Yes, I think <laughs> I, I think I might have mentioned that there's, there's a part where he, he says something, he mentions some, something or someone, and. Um, but also it, it's also he's just Kessitin, <laughs> and they're crazy. Those Kessitins, they yes. I, they they're just a type of people who appreciate everyone and want to have sex with everyone. Fair, yeah, fair, yeah. He's he's bi as hell. Um, and great. I love him a lot. <laughs> I also love that he kind of has he switches in his mind between how he refers to Becca. Yeah. Like he thinks of her as Tarnakeep at times. Yes, and that was an in, that was a very interesting distinction to me. Right, and that's and that's why I think he's by himself. Yeah, <laughs> it's also interesting because there was a article on Tor.com a while ago about uh, trans characters in science fiction and fantasy, and they mentioned uh, Becca as one of them, and I'm like, I've never read no. read it as that. So I'm I'm paying more attention to it now to see if 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 I if I'm getting that read. I'm still not. Although there is something in the sequel book that makes me think maybe somewhat um because uh her her son's like the their daddy likes the guy that lives in your head or something. <laughs> Um, oh yeah so i i don't know that's it's it's an interesting thing to i always saw it that she saw tarny keep as like a character that she put on and she Mm -hmm. lived in yeah that's how i always thought of it too but that was this when i read that article and i'm like huh am i just not getting that but i'm reading it now and i'm like i don't know if i would read it that way but yeah especially because she switches back to being Becca of her yeah. own volition and I yeah. mean not that either of us are necessarily the best people as cis, <laughs> a cis woman to comment on this right, but. <laughs> right. it is yeah. I, I think it, I think there might be a case to be made that she's at least fluid it's of yes that that I can agree with yeah yeah and I huh. think that's what the I think that's what the author was going for there okay too okay so huh so um yeah i think we we've talked for an hour about this book (laughs) and And only like a minute of it was complaining about how to you know pronounce pronounce people's names (laughs) um so yeah i i really like this book i i i like star uh price of the stars a lot but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of parts of it that are slow for me and um 
but like I said, this book, it just kind of ramps everything up and you're like, all right, you like these characters? All right, you like this world? Well, we're gonna mess everything up for you now. <laughs> did you, did your opinion change at all from the last time you read it? It did. Um, I think I like it more now, um, mainly because there's so much going on in this book that I, when I read it the first time, I missed a lot. Um, and this time around, like since I was familiar with the characters and stuff, I'd get to a scene and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this part now. Like, and I, oh, yeah, I remember what's going to happen. So I think I just appreciated more how complicated this plot is. <laughs> this yeah. is from like a, um, a writerly perspective. I, I very much in awe of how they how they wove this plot together. <laughs> and yeah. I'm really interested in how they write, whether um, one of them, or they, they alternate chapters or they alternate characters. Oh. Because, like, I, I've, I've never read anything about how they write, so I'm not sure. But because, like, so there's, there's all these different plots that are threaded together, and I'm like, okay, well, how do you know when to do this scene and when to do this scene and when to do this scene and how to how to organize it all and it's just yeah they must outline really 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 well yes especially for this book and the next yeah. book <laughs> yes so what about you did your opinions change i yes and i'm it's gonna sound terrible when i say this but I, it's not actually a terrible thing like i think i in my mind i had it as being something that I really, 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 really loved. Mm -hmm. But I also only remembered really the last scene. Right. So my brain completely forgot that everyone got scattered to the winds. Mm -hmm. And so I think I didn't, I think I didn't like it quite as much as my, as I remembered liking it. But that's only because I think my brain was like, oh no, they're all apart. Yeah. But I want them to have happy, fun space times with murder. Right. Um, <laughs> Not that they actually murder that many people, but I so I mean just I mean so just for that reason I was kind of just like oh darn I want my like I want my space family back yeah but like you said like the plot was much more engaging than the first time around and plus we get to see everyone kind of grow and do different things and the ending makes it all worth it <laughs> right and we do and you know as always happens in trilogies in the third book the the crew gets put back together so yes yeah um, but like i said i think i think i just had it talked up in my head because of that yeah. last scene which is still 100 so amazing and perfect i mean the end, I the end of the book between uh owen's you know walking out of his body to claim his staff and becca's declaring herself domina it's it's so good yes yes so good and i if i remember correctly the th the third book was my favorite when i read it the first time around and i remember finishing the book and going oh my god this is like the first time i've read a trilogy and been completely satisfied by the ending <laughs> um so much so that i went ahead and immediately wrote a column about it which you can find if you google mage worlds it's on the first page <laughs> god i would say that's that's gotta be what 2012 yes oh man it was like right around the time we, we we it was like one of the first columns of the blog was was that um because i started reading the series right after we started the podcast man but yeah, so I, I, I remember Bionova Trade being my favorite, but 
I don't remember any of it. <laughs> I, I have remember no idea what happened. I remember the end. And that's pretty much it. Like I well, I remember the the very epilogue end and I remember like the climax of the book and who is pitted against who, but like the rest of it, I, I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that there's a twist with one of the characters. Yes, there is. Yes. And that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All it's right. It's definitely fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Is there anything else you want to mention about the book or? I don't touch think it so. I mean, I think I still owe you and Brian a keep costume I <laughs> told me to do that that one time and I was gonna do it and I never did but yeah. too many ruffles yeah yeah really <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks everyone for joining us for another installment of the book club we are brought to you in part by her universe and by you our patreon subscribers Please click the link on our blog to help us support the show. You can find us on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station, Nancy Pants, and Bria. Where can people find you? At Chaos Bria. And on TashiStation.net. <laughs> yes. I, I thought that was implied. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you can tell people where else to find you on the internet oh, as well. We'll have a really long list. <laughs> I, 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 I've run out of room in my business cards. Oh. <laughs> So you can find me, man, editing Dasha Station on Twitter at Chaos Bria, uh, whitehotroom.com. And I'm also now running social media for Garrison Tyrannus. Nice. We'll stop there. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you can find all of our columns over at TashiFanStation.net. And our book club discussion is over on Goodreads. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back next month to discuss the final book in the Made for Trilogy, by honor betrayed. Bye!